0: Oh my goodness! Look at all this room I've got up here. It's gonna be a great morning. Now, yeah. <laughs> the bad news is I have nowhere to put my Bible. Trying so to get it back to <laughs> you. Have your Bibles with you. Open, please, the Book of Revelation. Book of Revelation. Start out. The title this morning's message is Tears. Revelation 21. Tears. With that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Yeah, we come Father who art in heaven. We come to you now in Jesus' name. And Lord God, as we look at your word, as you speak to us, as you touch us, for you feel us with your goodness, open us up. And I pray, Lord God, in anyone who needs to come to know you as a personal Lord and Savior, would you let today you do that to you? Anyone who be a part of the walk in the anyone, Lord God, who needs to get their walk right with to you, today, to let today that day, to give you the praise, honor, and glory, in Jesus' Amen. My goodness. Tears. What do you know about tears? What do you think about when someone says tears? I don't know about you, but tears are definitely one of my favorite subjects. You know why? Because there's something healthy about crying. People look at me all the time and say, Pastor, uh, what do you mean there's something healthy about crying. Well, crying is healthy. It's not just for women, incidentally. Guys do it all the time. If you don't believe me, watch the Dallas Cowboys lose the game. I'm serious now. Watch the Astros lose the game. Watch something we want happen go wrong and we will shed some tears like the biggest baby there ever was. Can I get an amen on that? That's right now. Us guys, we like it our way. We think the world is like Burger King. We can have it our way anytime, anywhere. And so when it's not our way, though, we tend to get a little bit, well, a little bit of whiny, you don't know? we? That's not really what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about tears. We're talking about what tears mean to you and me. And what are tears? Well, you probably already know what tears are. Tears are a liquid, a lubricant that comes out of your eyes to reduce some kind of irritation. Now that irritation to different. It could be too bright sunlight. It can be Pollen in your eyes. Now we're in Texas, so that's a common thing, right here. You ever woke up with your eyes stinging? You ever wake up with them just itchy and scratchy? And of course, they're dropping tears every few minutes because you have what we call a Texas allergy eye. anybody ever gave you the stink eye before, <laughs> right? Well, allergy eye kind of looks like the stink eye, but it's really not. Okay. Um, so with that in mind, though, there's a lot of things that can cause tears to come. What else can cause the tear to come? Well, you ever had someone put a finger in your eye? You ever got sand in your eye before? You ever had a piece of glass in your eye? You remember when you were a kid and you used to do that? Uh, I, I promised uh, to never tell right across my heart, hope to die sticking a needle in my eye. I think that would cause a tear to come. Amen. Right? Those are the kind of things that happen there. Tears can be caused by many, many, many reasons. In fact, you ever heard that little saying before? Our last so hard. How about this one? I was so angry, I could cry. So angry, so frustrated, I could just sit down and cry.
1: You know, one of the reasons
0: why I like so much is because tears show up at sin. Tears show up at rededication. But let me tell you, when somebody truly gets the heart right of Jesus, you know what usually happens? The tears just come and they start realizing what he did for them. What he did to make them rise, the contrition that's there. That understanding, He died for me. He saved me. He's saving me. He's not going to leave me behind, but He's going to take me with Him. That brings tears. I don't know about you, but I can start crying right now. Our God is good. He was going to be caused by me. My personal favorite, though, is a have of heart of Now That doesn't happen in the, op- in the office uh, often. Monica and I will share some inside jokes. People will come in and share things with me. And sometimes we laugh so hard, tears actually come. Tears do. But I think the greatest part about lacking so hard in science is when men do Men can be the most humorous individuals in the world. And why is we so humorous? Because we are sarcastic. Not only are we sarcastic, we are a little bit ironic. And when we mix irony and sarcasm together, we've got the three students the <laughs> And that will cause you to laugh till tears come. So you don't believe me, though. You might say, well, Pastor, you're no different than, than women. Yes, yes, you are. You're much different than women. Much, much, much different. Let me give you some biology 101 quickly now. Biology number one. Here's a, a, a quick lesson for you in biology. If you were to put 100 single women on an island and 10 single men came back hundred years later, there'd be a thriving colony. There would be. There'd be new babies. There would be uh, new children. Put a hundred single women on an island and put ten more women there and just would be there in a hundred years. hundred and ten skeletons, amen? true. Sure. true. Sure. Put a hundred men on an island and then put ten more men on there. You know what you're going to find? You're going to find ninety skeletons, and ten guys still alive and I couldn't stand the other ninety. That's the difference in men and women. You know what else is so funny about men and women? Let me tell you a major difference about men and women. When a woman says, hey, come here and smell this, that usually means it's something that smells very light. When a man says that, you better watch out. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. There's nothing to work. Now, I used to coach PE, right, in the high school, in the junior high school, and there was nothing worse than, hey, coach, you want to smell this? I learned quickly. No, I don't. I do not want to smell that. Let me tell you what they would go around with a gym bag, open them up, they smell this, and you talk about a, a bag of death right there. Right there it was. But there's a big difference between men and women, and incidentally, tears can be caused by all kinds of reasons and all kinds of instances. They're caused by outside, uh, outside reasons. In other words, something gets in your eye, light. Some sort of can get in there. It can also be caused by something inside. Something stimulating tears from the inside. Laughter. Joy. Anger. Sorrow. <sighs> That's things that we call tears to happen. That's how everybody's with you. What can we please in Revelation chapter 21? When we get that to together, the Bible says in verses 1-4, it says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city in Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared and the bride adorned from the husband. You want to talk about a day to cry, don't Right there. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Somebody say hallelujah with me. That's what the Christians have to look forward to. One of these days, are you hearing me now? One of these days, he is going to come back. He's going to take his bride, the people who are saved. And if you're not saved, you better get saved because he's coming and he's coming soon. And if you're not a part of his children, you will be left behind. He's coming, though. And as he comes, he's going to take his children home, and that's what he's going to set up for. No more pain. No more death. No more suffering. No more crime. No more crime. What is lots of cry about, my dear? Lots and lots and lots of cry Have you noticed our country going from a moral country to an immoral country? Have you noticed us taking away our con- conviction, our principles, our scruples? And you don't have any anymore. There's no convictions anymore. Nothing can be right anymore. Everything has to be argued to another point of view to where it's nothing but gray. It's no longer black and white. There is no longer right and wrong. It's now it's wrong to you, but right for me. And therefore, your right is not my right, or your wrong is not my wrong. And that is the country we live in it today. It's starting to appear in church. Well, that doesn't apply to me. That's not how I believe in God. It doesn't matter how you believe in God, it matters what God says. Now, point of this though, we're we'll talking about tears this morning. Tears. We just read where God is well, right? Those tears away. Did you know that Jesus died? Did you know that Jesus cried? If I get that next five apostles, look at One of these days there'll be no more crying. Did you know that Jesus died? Of course he did. Some of you are familiar with John Wednesday's 35. Right? in the Bible. Just two little, little words. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Now, we do mean He cried. He cried. And there's a lot of things to talk about. But did you know that Jesus cried? And listen, not once. Not twice. Three times. i told about Jesus crying three times? That's it? Just three times? I don't know about you, but I've only been alive for 48 years, and I've had lots of things to cry about. Not just the lots of things to cry about. Truly and honestly, there's been a lot of things to cry about in our country. Lots of change. Lots of things happening here lately that we should be crying about. And you know what? I'm not much of a politician. and I'm not going to get into politics today, but I will tell you this. If our forefathers were today, they would already be doing another Just saying. Just saying. In fact, we're told about Jesus crying in the New Testament. Three times, it's just three times. And we need to understand something about that first. Step. We need to understand something about Jesus. Look with me, please, in the book of First Corinthians. Here. Thank you. I am that in Corinthians. I am the book of Hebrews. Forgive me, please. Hebrews four, verses fourteen to fifteen. The Bible says, "Seeing then that we have a great High Priest who has passed through the heaven just the Son of God, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession." For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but within all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. We need to understand that Jesus understands everything we're going through. He's been there. He's been a part of that. He's experienced it. And on top of that, he went through it without sin. That's the biggest part we need to understand this morning, That whatever Jesus went through, he did it without sin. Are you with me on that? He's a sinless, perfect sacrifice. He never sinned. He never went against God's will. He always did those things which pleased the Father. And because of that, He goes to the cross as an acceptable sacrifice for you and for me. But because He's sympathetic with us, He sympathizes with us, and because He knows what we're going through, He also has some of our emotions. Well, He had all of our emotions. And can you think about some of the emotions that we have. It's crying. That's kind of what we're talking about this morning to you. Kind of this message. What are the things that might make you cry? When well, we're talking about anger, did Jesus ever get angry? Absolutely He did. Did Jesus ever get a little bit emotional? Well, you read again the New Testament sometimes if you don't think so. If you think Jesus was stoic all the time, I don't know what Bible you're reading, but get a new one. Get a new one. He was tempted as we are. He had emotions like we do. He felt what? We feel. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that he may have felt, or some of the things he did feel. Did you know that in Mark chapter five, my Bible says, as Jesus shows up in the upper room to raise the little girl from the dead, they laughed him to scorn. Could you imagine that? They laugh at the Son of God to the point where they're scorning him. He felt what we feel when people look at us. And did you know my Bible says that not only do they marvel at Jesus and the Word He said, but sometimes Jesus marveled at them. He marveled. You know what makes the Son of God marvel? You would think it would be something wonderful, something powerful. Right? What makes God marvel is when we don't believe. That's what made Him marvel. He would look in and marvel at their unbelief. Marvel at that. And so you're standing here staring at the Son of God standing here listening to the words of God standing here looking at the power of God and you still don't believe and you know as pastor of church for almost 30 years I marvel at how many still don't come when the message is still the same the message hasn't changed the message is still there it's going to be there until he brings back a new kingdom on earth what is the message for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son and whosoever believeth in Him. The message is, all you need is Jesus. The message is, if you will put your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ, He will never leave you nor forsake you. And I marvel at people who say that's not for me. I marvel at that. I understand. We'll it. Even about that. Jesus had emotions well. I want to feel the laugh now because he not tell us that much. But of course, we can figure he probably did what are some of the other emotions that we have that he experienced? Did he ever get angry? Of course he did. We know what the Bible tells us. What? He takes a whip out of cords and he drives them out of the temple in righteous anger. He, he says, Get out of here. You turned my father's house into a den of thieves. He gets angry at the Pharisees and he says, You guys will travel across the seas. You'll go long length after length after length to make a convert, a proselyte. And when you do make a proselyte, you make them twofold son of hell as you are in Matthew 24. He gets a little bit angry. He gets a little bit tired. You know what else he gets? Hungry. He gets thirsty. He feels the things we feel. He is 100% human. And the book of Hebrews tells us whatever we've experienced, he experienced. And not only experienced experience it, he did it without so we need to understand we're and so Jesus is crying. It isn't like how was crying Most of the time, our crying is because we want something for us. It is. I want it my way. It's gotta be this way, and we're crying about it. He down inside. Not Jesus is crying. Jesus is crying. Look around for one thing. let's take a look some of those this morning. We have Let's take a look at that next slide. Look, if you please, at the first picture of Jesus crying with. It comes from John 11, and you know, well, verse 35, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus left, and you know the background of it. Let's take a look at a couple of verses here. Verse 33, and John 11, Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, He groaned in the Spirit and was troubled. And He said, Where have you laid Him? And they said, Your the Lord, come and see. And then the Bible tells us, this is the resurrection of Lazarus. This is where Lazarus has been dead four days. This is my favorite story in the New Testament. Why? Because they actually tell Jesus, Lord, don't move the stone away because he's stinking. I don't know y'all don't make y'all, that makes me laugh. Lord, he's stinking. I want to find some correct context in there. I to go back to being a PE coach again and I can tell the kids, don't open the bag and stink it. <laughs> Next time you're the man in your life says, Hey, come here smell, they say, No think And you know then there's a difference between men and women, right? Isn't that funny how we come down to that sometimes? Anyways, here's Jesus. We're looking at the resurrection of Lazarus here, and we're looking at Jesus Christ. And so we've had many, many, many theologians tell us why they think Jesus is crying. Now, I'm not here today to change their opinions. I'm not here to say, my idea is right. But I'm going to give you something to look at and something to think about right here and something for you to put the work in your life, hopefully, in the toolbox that you have in Christianity to reach out into this world and be a successful, active, so Christian. Now, here's the deal. If it's okay for Jesus to cry, it's okay for us to cry. Somebody say amen. It is okay for humans to cry. In fact, it is okay for you to be a human being in case you didn't notice and in case you forgot it. You are not God. No matter how hard you might think you are or how wonderful you think you are or how powerful you think your message is, you aren't God and you aren't always right. Here's the deal, though. Jesus started weeping and it's okay for him to weep okay for us to weep. In fact, sometimes we need to take time to cry. It's a part of healing. Did you know that? It's a part of healing. I usually tell people who had a death in their life, take time to cry. Jesus did. Find somewhere. I don't know. Some of us need to be alone. And find somewhere to weep. Take time to cry. And when you cry, you'll find yourself feeling better. Now, that's really not what this message is all about this more. It's not about take time to cry. It's about this stuff. What in the world will make Jesus cry? We realize what could make him marvel? The Bible tells us that. What makes God marvel? The lack of faith. Why would they look at Jesus and laugh at him to scorn? They tried to shame the Son of God. Now, Jesus is not ashamed. That's to be understood. But you need to understand this. They looked at him and said, You can't do this. You don't have the power. And they laughed at him to scorn. So, what makes Jesus weep here? There's all kinds of there's all kinds of neat ones and good ones, and I think they're all right. To be, be honest with you, I think every single one of them has a valid point in it. My favorite one, by far, is the idea as Jesus meets up with Martha, and he meets up with, with Mary, and both of them have this particular idea, of, hey, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died you've been here just a little while sooner then Lazarus would not be dead. And so we can understand, because I think we've all been there. I think some of us are there right now. God, if you've been with me in the past, then I wouldn't be facing this trouble right now. Does that sound like you this morning? Does that talk to your heart this morning because that's what I'm aiming for this morning. I want to speak to your heart. I want to speak to your conscience. I think every single one of us has done that to God before. Lord, if you had been here, I would not be going through the trouble that I'm going through right now. And that's the message we get from Mary and we get from Martha. Jesus, if you'd been here, then Lazarus would not be dead. How many of you know this picture? It's easy to believe in something God could have done. It's easy to believe in something God would have done. It's easy to believe in something God has already done. How many of you pick up the Old Testament and you start reading through the Exodus and you start reading the part in the Red Sea and you believe every word of it? Can I get an amen on that? We all do, right? God, part of the Red Sea. That's easy to believe in. You know why? Because it already happened. It already happened. You you can picture the rest of John 11 here, and they're actually going to tell Jesus out of both of their mouths, Oh, Jesus. Whatever is going to happen in the future, I know it's going to happen. How many of you know it's easy to believe in something God will do in the future, the future? That'd be easy. How many of you believe in a rapture? Yep, somebody raise your hand right now. How many of you believe that Jesus is coming back? Everybody raise their hands. How many of you believe that the church is triumphant and the hell will never prevail again? Yes, right? Those are easy things, right? Future things as well. Future things. It's easy to believe in the future as well. One of these days is coming back. One of these days he's going to take us home. One of these days, there'll be no more death. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more crying for God himself. will wipe all our tears away. So why would Jesus be crying now? I don't
1: know about you, but
0: I personally believe with all of my heart that when Jesus showed up at the tomb of Lazarus, he knew what was going to happen. I think he knew. Without a doubt, he was going to say, "Roll that stone away," and he was going to say in a loud voice, "Lazarus, come forth!" And he, which was dead, comes forth, bound, head foot, and foot, in grave clothes. I'm not on the resurrection. And you say, there's a lifetime of preaching on it but We're just talking about Jesus. Sleeping. Why would he be weeping? See, we started out by looking at how easy it is to to believe in God in the past. How easy it is to believe in God in the future. But do you know how hard it is to believe in God right now? See how hard that is, God? You're doing something right now. Most people say, no, God will do something later on. Or God's already done it, so He's done with us. I want you to know God is working right now. Right now. If you're online and you're listening, God is working in your heart right now. If you're in the views this morning, God is working on you right now. I've never stop. never He's still talking. He's still reaching. He's still grasping. He's still giving the invitation. Come unto me, all ye who labor, and I will give you rest. He's still saying, if you're thirsty, come and get a drink of the waters of life freely. Those you that hunger, come, and I will fill you, and you will never hunger or thirst again. Come unto me. The message is still the same. But Jesus shows up at the grave. Mary and Martha, knew him, probably better than most of you, At their house. They had seen what Jesus could do. They knew what Jesus could do. They had beheld Jesus. Can you imagine hearing the word? Can you imagine hearing the speaking? house? Can you imagine having God in your house? How many of you want God in your house? Let me tell you, if you want God in your house, get rid of the devil. Some of you bring the devil in the house and then get mad at God for not doing something about it. And we say, God, why don't you bless my house? Well, you got witchcraft in your house. Some of us say, God, how come you're not doing so you got drugs in your house. you got alcohol in your house. you got pornography in your house. you got everything in there but God Almighty. And we get mad at God. God, where are you? You used to do something, God. One of these days you may do something in the future. How about right yeah. now? And you get in the of yourself. Why? Why did he weep? I believe it's not because of their lack of faith. It's not because they didn't believe that God could do something. It's not because they didn't believe God did something. It's because they had a hard time believing God could do something right now. And I want you to know God can do something in your heart, in your life, right now. He can save you. He can change you. You can be born again. You can be redeemed right now. Not later. Not in the future. Not in the past. Right now. You can be saved. You can come back home. You can be forgiven. You can be back in His right now. Some other people will preach out there, Well, perhaps Jesus is at the grave. He knows that these people are of the understanding and the belief that once you are dead, it's the end. And he reached over them. I think that's also a interesting point of view. If I'm not here to preach that point of view, you know. I think it's very interesting. I think that that also crosses Jesus' mind. I really do. I think it crosses. I it crosses our mind. When's the last time you've been to a funeral and you look at the people around you and say, "How many of them believe that once that person put the ground, they'll never see them ever, 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 ever again?" I want you to know that if you have a loved one that goes into the ground and they're a Christian and you're a Christian, you will see them again. You will see them again. I don't know about you, but I can't wait for the family reunion. You know, when I get up into heaven, I'm going to meet my brothers. You know what they're going to say? They're going to say, "Hey, God." know this. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. But the point is this. I get to see them again. Because I am hope. Not only hope, I've got a reason to keep on keeping on. I've got life when there was no life. I've got joy when there's no reason to be joyful. I've got victory when there's no reason to have victory. i got victory over death, over the grave, over the hell, over the devil. we got victory because we're Christians. Jesus shows up in weeks. So they take it over. They take it over. Well, that stone's rolling over there. It's final. It's sad. It's good. It's over. And I wonder if that's why Jesus is Perhaps. You know what? when we, get there? we can ask Jesus. Why did he cry? I bet you his answer is going to surprise all of us. His answer is incredible. If he answered it at all, he might say, don't worry about it. What you're worried about is the life you find. But I wonder when Jesus shows up he's dead and gone and over Jesus actually reminded of, hey, I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. He who believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Are you catching what Jesus is saying? Right now. Right now. Not in the future. Not in the past. Right now. Do you believe this? And that's the message of the Gospel. Right now. Today is the day of salvation. Right now is the time of salvation. Today is the day of the Lord. So that's one with I also wonder sometimes if Jesus showed up and are looking at the finality of death. Yeah. Perhaps he was looking at my business. this. Death But indeed, they get to go on to be in heaven and get to go on being, to be in Abraham's and There's all kinds of schools up there in they, they go. I happen to believe this. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I believe that with all of my heart. And I believe if you're a Christian and you die and pass on, you will be with the Lord until He comes back, and we'll experience that in resurrection. Oh no, my, when I come back, this body's going to come up out of that grave. But you know what? It ain't going to be fat anymore. It ain't going to be short. Sure. you know, I have told you Six foot, six foot. <laughs> no, no. My point is this: now to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and I believe that in all my heart. And I wonder, it's like some of you. Not disagreeing with that. I think it very well might be right. Now, I will tell you this. Why did he? Military is more than nothing. Why did he shed tears? I believe he shed tears because they were looking at the final enemy, the enemy of all enemies, the enemy that mankind cannot defeat. That we spend millions and billions of dollars on every year every day we spend more money trying to defeat death. We put ourselves on medicines, on regimens, on exercises, on diets, on anything in the world that's trying to defeat death, But ultimately you cannot defeat death. There's only one who ever defeated death, and that's Jesus Christ, and that's reason why He weeps as people look out there trying to beat death to this day. You can't beat death. Only He can, And that's what He But they look out there saying Death my own way. I'll just stay alive a little bit longer. I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I want to be alive much longer. I want to be with him, said the apostle Paul. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to be with him. It's far greater to be with him. And that Paul said right now. Be that's one of and That's one time. In Jesus. Does that try you. There will be again one of these days I'm repentant. And one of these days, I'll be back right with God. You know what? Now the time
1: be. Don't make Jesus Christ.
0: You can be willing right now say, Jesus, I'm coming home. Jesus is coming. let look at the second picture of Jesus Christ. Look at me in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Look at me in verses 41 to 44. This is one of my favorite pictures here of Jesus Christ. second time of Jesus Christ. These are in sequential order behind me order. Let's just look here in verse 41. The Bible says, now as he drew near, this is Jesus, people ready to come in, on some solid saying, the great time of Israel. As he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. Jesus started crying over Jerusalem. Look at verse, two, verse 42, saying, you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment or an embankment around you and surround you and those and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of verse 21. Look back again. Verse, 40, uh, verse, 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 verse 21. Now. Jesus came to and wept over. He wept over Why, why? We saw why he wept at Lazarus' tomb as that final enemy started claiming victory, and Jesus drew back and claimed victory from the very hands of death. He said, "Death has no victory, has no area here, has no authority over here, because Jesus conquered death. He conquered the grave. He conquered hell. Now here we are, Jesus crying over Jerusalem, and he actually tells them, "You are looking at the one who can bring you peace." <laughs> So city, the city of peace. Yerushalayim, we get our word shalom from it. the city of peace. Has it been very peaceful over the years? Nope, it's been divided, hasn't it? And here lately it's been under Israeli rule, but even now people are arguing and fighting saying it can't be, it shouldn't be, it won't be in the future. We're going to make sure that it's not. And it doesn't seem to be very peaceful. Looked at that city and he began to cry over it. He said, You did not recognize the time of your visitation. You did not see who it was on that side of you. That made Jesus' weep, And I believe with all my heart there are those of us this morning that are listening to pew. those of us that are online listening right now, making Jesus weep because we don't know what God is doing in our life. We have forgotten that there is a God outside working. He's working for good to all those that believe in Him and are called according to His purpose. He's working for those who love Him. And we forget sometimes that when we come to Him we will have peace. But when we don't go we find ourselves I've got to find a mech to sell it's something bright I mean, I've got to change this. I've got to change these things. Jesus doesn't change it. Jesus doesn't change it. Can I tell you a little secret? You can't change me. Jesus change How do I know that? Did you ask me how. <laughs> how do I know that? There's been a lot of tears when I tried to change me. I can't change me. you God. got to change i to change me. No matter how I'm you want to know why? diet failed you want to know why? Alcoholics say, I'm going to quit drinking and pour it out on the ground. And two weeks later, they're back to drinking. Why, drug addicts throw the needles out in the street, say, never again. And then oh, a day or two later, they're back with a hypodermic inside of their arm. Why? Why? Because you can't change you. There's only one who can change you. There's only one who can bring peace. And when we try to do it ourselves, then we, Jesus, is standing outside you. It's time for us. let a man, it's time for us to recognize the day of our visit. You recognize these things, and, come it, and shoot you come to be supported in getting Or perhaps you can look up from the battle zones, you call streets of your city, and hear the Son of God weeping even now. Oh. Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I long to gather you under my wings, as a mother hen does her chicks. T- I want you to be with me, and I want to shepherd you, guide you, lead you, direct you, protect you, and I want to keep you from ever going back to the bondage of drugs, the bondage of alcohol, the bondage of pornography, the bondage of hatred, the bondage of sin. You don't have to live there anymore. When you're with Jesus, you can be in peace. You can have that peace. When we don't. willing to be the city of peace. The heart of peace, the soul of peace, the body of peace. Wherever Jesus is, there is freedom, you know that. wherever Jesus is, there is peace. Don't believe me? Every time Jesus got out on the storm and the sea, and it was stormy and see Jesus say peace be peace. And it was every time demons came around Jesus, Jesus said, Get out and don't come. Don't. We don't recognize who he is. We don't recognize what he's doing. What of the, the third time, Hebrews 5, verse 7, who in the days of his flesh, the author of the book of Hebrews, rising here about Jesus in the days of his flesh. That means after a human, before his resurrection, before his crucifixion, the days of his flesh, when he offered up prayer and supplication with vehement eyes and tears. He was able to save him from death. was Jesus was praying for you with tears. Jesus was praying for you with tears. Not just me. Not just his disciples. He was praying for you. Look again with me in verse 7 there. In the days of his flesh when he had offered up prayers and supplications. Why? Because he knew how hard it is, because he is a high priest who suffered all things that we do, yet without sin. He knows how hard it is. He knows how difficult it is. He knows what a grip Satan can have on people. He knows the fear of death that we have. He knows that we often don't want peace in our lives. We endure the war and the struggle and the fight. He knows, and yet he's crying for us. And here in verse 7, in the days of the flesh, when he'd offered up prayers and supplications with the enemy cries and tears, to him, who's able to save us. Crying out to God. Not to be saved, crying out to the one who can. to God. And he was heard because of his right to What does that mean to you? Well, number one, it means to see it right with God. He's never been wrong with God. Never, ever, ever. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians five twenty-one, God made him to be sin who knew no sin. And I want you to take a look at the cross right here. I want you to see this right here. Now on it, the floor. It's just a picture. It's not as big as the cross that Jesus would be on. It's not as ominous. It's not as scary looking. It's not as rugged. Though We have a good picture and idea of what the cross may have been. Could you imagine the weight of it? Could you imagine it looming in your horizon, in your mind's eye? Every time you close your eyes, there was the cross. The cross that says you will come and you will die. And the Bible says that God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Let's break that down for just a second. Let's take a look at that in our heart of hearts here. As we look at He who cried for us. He who lifted up prayer for us. He who said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The one who said, Father, I love them. The one who said, Father, they can be saved And what you put in my hands, Nothing could ever be snatched out of them. Let's look at what that means. Let's take a look at that for a second. What it means to be a Christian. What it means in 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him Jesus, who knew no sin. Jesus, God made him to be sin. When he got on the cross, God put every sin in the world, not just my sin, not just your sin, but every sin in the world, not just what we did in the past, not just what we will do in the future, but even the sins right now. God put them on him, and he who knew no sin became sin. In other words, now you need to understand this. In other words, it's like God's took our lives and put it on Jesus Christ and took Jesus Christ's life and put it on us. For God made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. It's like God took our lives and traded it for Jesus so that we might be right with God. That's what it is. He swapped it out for us. Traded it out for us so that we could be right with God. God said, to Christ. When was the last time you to God? When's the last time you said tears? Was, was the last time your heart has let out tears, God? I have brought your suffering, God. I've brought your pain, God. I caused. You know what? Every single one of us has I'm just one of those. Is God still in the business of hope Still in the business of saying, "I will take." My son, perfect life, who knew no sin. The one who has been tempted with all the temptation work, and yet did not sin. Remember what we talking about? I created his life for your life. So it's like Jesus lived our life, deserving that punishment, deserving of the cross deserving of dying, deserving of going to hell, deserving of having no hope, deserving of being abandoned, deserving of being alone, deserving of the fury and the wrath of God. And you're Because now you can have the life of God. That's where you now. That's what Right now, then you recognize the good of Jesus, unlike Jerusalem, when you're saying, I'm ready to come to Unlike Mary and Martha, when you say, time Day is today. now is the time of salvation chapter 21 I love the revelation you know why i love it so much it's such a book of, of controversial thoughts if you ever go to a Baptist church and mention the revelation for is percussed. what am i going to fight with him about today what am I going to argue with him about today? What am I telling you about, what about today? The moment you mention Revelation, let me something the Revelation. Revelation is written by John, the Revelation. John, the Apostle. John. Somewhere between 90, 80, 98 AD, I'm not about 95 AD, John. It's not important. You know, is exiled there. Age of mine. Maybe on a good time of day, he might feel the bells Probably not. Maybe. maybe. And the thought would have crossed his mind and can still Get back home. Nothing there but a seen except for him, the email. Not just that, but in the year mm-hmm. 90 A.D. Maybe as early as 80 Something scary to so a family who lives under Roman Empire, the, so with the Roman Empire. the scary thing? They didn't press the Roman Navy. See what happens when you got put in the Roman Navy? You got put on a boat and you go out to sea. And when you went out to sea, see, it wasn't like travel today. It was amazing. Remember, I went to Poland in March. I was just gone seven or eight days. I was back like i never even been gone. You go out to sea in Rome, you were gone a year, a year and a half, two years. You come back home and your kids have grown without. Sea. Your wife had gone old without you. She had learned to take out the trash. She had learned to mow the grass. She had learned to fix the car. She had learned to change her own tires without you. you come home. You'd be gone. There was nothing worse than saying, I'm going to see you. Nothing worse than I'm going out to see because that meant separation. Now, if you look again in Revelation 21, there's no more death. There's no more fear. There's no more pain. There's no more about no more see the picture and the idea here is that there's no more separation between those whom you love and. God. There's no more separation of family. There is no more. One of these days dad is coming home. There is no more. One of these days mom is coming home. There is no more. One of these days my boy is coming back from the deployment. There is no more of that because we will all be together. One family in one house with one Lord, one God, Jesus Christ, made together in his heaven. Somebody say amen. There's no more sin. And on top of that, he himself will wipe away all our tears. Hallelujah. hope enough, us. Not just that hope, but that assurance enough. You can have that assurance this morning. You can come and be a morning. I've been doing a lot of crying. Good. We need to be. There's a lot to cry about nowadays. Not just the Dallas Cowboys. There's a lot to cry about. There really is. We've lost our collective minds as a country. We have. We don't know right from wrong. We don't know right from left. We don't know men who women. Children. We don't know anything Tell you what we do know. We do know that there's a God in heaven. We do know that the way to salvation is Jesus Christ, in Him, there is no other way. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. No man comes unto the Father but through Him. He's willing to come to Perhaps you say, Pastor, I am a Christian. So like Mary and Martha, I kind of step out a little bit. I dwell in the past, and I hope for the future, but right now, I've got to do things my way. He was willing to come to Jesus to do it to the word of Jesus? He said, and I spoke, sure, I am the resurrection of life. He didn't believe in me, yet though he were dead, yet shall said, he stopped me. To I have to say, Pastor, I'm about to believe in And I've felt God with me. I've felt his hands upon me, and I said, I don't want to. I want to do it myself. I want your peace. I want to know the time and the hours in the visitation. I want to be right with God. Would you be to come I say, Pastor, I need a Christian. I am right with God. I need a self. I need a church home. Would you need to come The wrong strategy. Whatever it is, you need to get to You need And I want to ask you, if you pray this morning, if you pray, we're going to sing. If you spoke to you need to be willing to come. All between morning, let's pray together. So, come to man, Jesus' name. You are know, the faithful, Lord God, for your word. And as you take charge, even now, you'll come to me. And you'll come to know your personal Lord and Savior. And you'll come to Father God, you'll to be, you be a part of me. You'll be a part me. You'll be a father. And you'll be a part of that now, you be that time. We want to give you the praise. We want to give you the honor. We want to give you the glory, even now, in Jesus' holy Spirit. and If As you come, even now, as we begin singing, to come. would you come this morning? Come on. You all, hope you the time of work to do church. I have uh, a young lady here who wants to share a decision with you. Lola, well, would you come on up here for a has come this morning. She says she's putting Jesus in her heart. Would you say amen? We've <laughs> got a lot of growing and then a lot of understanding still to do but She says, I know I need to be saved. You're going to love her and support her and pray for her in there. Would you say amen? like, oh, That sounds pretty to me. God bless you. We'll finish that up here with Mr. Marcus. Well, my goodness. It is that time to go home. And it's time to go ready for a vacation Bible school. I'm excited about that. Don't be shocked when you come in Monday and see a bunch of knights and kings and queens running around that It's going to be a lot of fun, so come and be a part of that. Support us prayer with that. Let's close on that word of prayer. Don't forget the ministry team meeting, and don't forget their other announcements that you've already heard. So take a look at them there. You can find them in there. And I'm going to ask a and I can those the Lord tonight, can you close with a